the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Date Day Show. It's Thursday. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from California. And this is the Word to Stand Up for Life program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And because it's Thursday, you can ask Paula anything because she knows everything. All you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you are in cars, just the band at the top of the screen and everything else will be hands-free. Our studio producer will hook you up. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, babe. What's on your heart today? Uh, because I know everything. Mm-hmm. This is what I know. Today is September 30th. Tomorrow's October. Don't jump in on my knowledge. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I know. Tomorrow's <laughs> October 1st. Come on, man. Uh, but yeah, so welcome to the end of September. So let me see, October, November, it's three months, and then we have another year. This is crazy. This is what I know. The older you get, the faster things go. Is that, that's the thing, right? It seems like that to me. Tomorrow is, this is what you'll say, the, the start of a new month, but it's the end of another week <laughs> on the... <laughs> I think one of the things, seriously, I think Crazy. I think doing a radio show, live radio show every day, mm-hmm. makes everything go faster. You know, I've already got a Wednesday study, Friday study, Sunday study, mm-hmm. so your 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 schedule revolves around that, yeah. and then the everyday thing at 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. and before you know it, it's like 2024. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. So, I want to start off my my talking today with my like-minded sister who just totally encouraged me on Monday night, Natasha Schenk, with when she is teaching, you know, she's in the rotation of the Monday night women's Bible study. And she's in Philippians with the rest of us, but her, her verses were uh, 15 through 21. And the verses itself, what Philippians 1, 15 through 21, um, are awesome. But she's a cheerleader. And, you know, with so much stuff going on in our world, I was thinking, wow. And then before I go to Natasha Moore, last week, Lauren taught and she said, do you know that the word joy is mentioned 19 times? I mean, the whole book is just four chapters. Um, And it's like, yeah, we need. And it was written from prison. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. And when I taught. You know, I asked the question, what's he got to be so 
happy or joyful or, you know, rejoicing about. And I listed 10 different things. But anyway, uh, Monday night, Natasha, was, she had, I could see them, her pom-poms. <laughs> it was like, you can do it. She started off saying, Paul had the best mindset, mindset, content in all circumstances. Christ is where Paul, not lived, lives. And she talked about single-minded and double-minded um, people, but she's talking to Christians. Single-minded, one driven purpose, and she used my word, resolved. You know, just like I'm getting up trying to be like you, you know, getting out there with the Lord, putting the one hand out for him to take and, and, and say, Lord, hold me by your powerful right hand. Do not let me go. You know, I know my flesh and this world has strong pull, but my flesh is even worse. Um, and then I hold out my other hand to you saying, Lord, we want to finish well. We want to finish well. It's one thing to start well, but we want to finish well together. And so she asked the question, who are you? Do you have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ? Are you heavenly minded or earthly minded? Anyway, the main thing about Natasha was she was cheering us on to say, you know what, no matter where you are, no matter what the circumstances you might find yourselves in, you can rejoice because this world is not our home. You can rejoice. Um, and whatever God asks of you, he doesn't leave you out there alone. Um, and he what's, wants. What's the song we sang last night? And. One of the worship songs? Uh, never once have never once mm -hmm. have, ever, have has he ever have we ever been alone? Um never once will he leave us on our own. Yeah. And so um she says that she was reminding us that Paul wore his chains as bonds in Christ and every day he woke up with this excitement of who's who's gonna be chained to me today? What opportunity do I have to share the gospel. That's what it's all about. Um, and so that just kind of spurred me on, you know, I, I, I'm more excited about even studying than I was before. I want to know Paul better, but I want to know Jesus better. And, you know, I'm going to get to that that place where I think it's coming up with Linda, where, you know, we've been chosen not only to believe on him, but to also suffer for him. Okay. Philippians calls sharing in the fellowship of sufferings a gift. Yeah. And Paul Paul understood it. Yeah. Paul understood it. So did Daniel. And and so what I did when I went home, because, you know, I was thinking, okay, Lord, what are we going to talk about on the radio today? Because I, I'm a cheerleader like Natasha. And we've been, you know, especially this last, we all talk about it. You know, it's been, oh, uh, uh, and and I'm just thinking, you know what? Jesus is coming soon. I should have some. I should have more joy. If people are going to follow Christ, he's leaving. He's left the people down here. You know, Christians shouldn't be the the ones who are the most mopey and depressed and down. We should be the ones saying, you know what? This is what what he said was going to happen. He's coming soon. Don't get left behind. Yeah, can, can, let me insert something here, Paula, because I think it is especially unattractive um, to the world, to people who don't know Christ. I think there's nothing more off-putting than older Christians who are sour and glum. Yeah. Yeah. And and so many of us are, especially, you know, we remember the good old days. We forget that they weren't as good as we remember that they were. Mm -hmm. but But we remember the good old days... And instead of seizing the opportunity that difficult times create for the for the advancement of the gospel, um, you know, instead of instead of being out there with joy and being a light, um, where boy, boy, the world's falling apart and everything is horrible, and you know, all that's true. But but we knew that was going to happen, and we know it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. The question is, especially among us who are older, the the question is, are we going to be better in these last days? Yeah. Uh, are we going to give people something, a look at Jesus that's attractive, something that, that would draw 
them to us. You know, you said you want to follow Paul's example. Well, Paul said, follow my examples. I follow the example of Christ. Um, We're we're not following the example of either one of them. If, in fact, we can't be in prison and yell joy. So, Lord, you put me in this situation, no matter what it is, and you know how I was saying. Oh yeah, it was at the last pastor's discipleship class. As a Christian, you were talking about worship, and if we don't practice worshiping the Lord in the good times, and we should sometimes, that's when we forget to worship Him. Um, but we won't be prepared to worship him in the difficult times because most of the songs we sing, you know, um, if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus, bring the rain. <laughs> you know, you want Pastor Elaine to sing that song, and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. no, maybe not this week, you know. I, you know, I, I just love that song. Um, you know, it, it, it's not an arrogant song. You know, okay, Lord, just whatever bring it, on. Bring it on. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's a song that recognizes our responsibility to worship God in good times and bad times. And what I said in the pastor's discipleship class this past Saturday was that until we have um, learned to and are fully participating in worship uh, during the good times, when bad times come along, we don't have any opportunity at all. We have no chance. Mm -hmm. And worship needs to be a part of our life. Now, Paul said, in everything give thanks. And that's really worship. Mm -hmm. He didn't say for everything give thanks. Mm-hmm. We're we're not being naive here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not grateful that bad things happen. We're not grateful for a pandemic. We're not grateful for for the, the things that we see in this world that are, are antichrist. Um but in everything we can give thanks. And and you mentioned the opportunity uh in in difficult times to be able to share Jesus with people that have no hope. Yeah. And sometimes you get the opportunity to see the light go on, and there's nothing quite like it. And I'm going to be preaching on on the gospel, First Corinthians chapter 15, the first eight verses on Sunday. You know, this gospel 101. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, we're so focused on the difficult things around us that that we can't see the opportunity that's there. And honestly, Paula, we're blowing it. Yeah, and especially for you older saints out there. We have a radio listener who lives in Austin, and I love her with all of my heart. I've been praying for her and her husband, who's been ill. And, um, um, you know, we only know each other via email, and she listens to the show, of course. Um, And um, everything that she does oozes joy to me. And she's going through some difficult things. Mm -hmm. But everything that she does loses joy. And she's in my age category somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, when I, when I think of, of the joy that she oozes going through what she's going through, that's attractive to people. Yeah. And uh, what, a, what a witness she is. And, and we who are older ought to work hard mm-hmm. on being a witness mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Judy Bush, you know, because her husband, our former elder, uh, Nori had had a heart attack, and so you know we're going to call her. You called her, okay? You're going to encourage Judy? No, <laughs> Judy's like we're doing great. You know, she actually sounded like nothing happened. Yeah, it was. But, but Judy is one of those. She's been in pain twenty four seven for years, and you know, you, I, when she shared her uh, sweet summer devotion that year. People kind of looking at her like, she's lying right up in church, you know. <laughs> she, used to, she used to sing on our worship team when uh-huh. she was here. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, Judy uh, is always cheery and chipper. And mm-hmm. and I watched her walk on the stage one day. She could barely make it. Mm-hmm. She was in so much pain. Yeah. And then in about the middle of the first worship song, I look up, and she's got her arms going back and forth. She's kind of like dancing mm-hmm. while she's singing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, Lord, look what you do. Yeah. Look what you do. Yeah. Judy only has one half of her vocal cords, and yet she's on the worship team. She has to. That's why she always seemed half off. <laughs> <laughs> she has, and and I could tell when she was really struggling because she has to switch her. If you watch her move her neck and stuff, she's got to switch and move stuff around to be able to get air out. And yet she's called to worship the Lord, and 
a lot of pain. But the joy of the Lord, just like Natasha, I've only seen Natasha sad one time in all of these years. And it wasn't her own sad for herself necessarily. It was sadness for another person. And and for for the audience, when Paula says that, I mean, this is somebody that we've known for 20 20 years. years. Yeah. So, so this isn't, isn't uh, just, we caught her on a bad day. She's been, we've known her for a year, but Mm -hmm. we've known and watched her life. And, and uh, she's, she's always been, I've my title for her. Uh-huh. is officially the world's nicest person. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Monday night, I just kind of yelled at her, Natasha, just write the book on joy, girl. <laughs> write the book on joy. You just want to... People like Judy, people like Natasha, and there's many others, uh, you just want to be around them because you're going to be uplifted. You know, that's a great... They have great gift of encouragement. No matter what they're going through. I mean, Judy just had, uh, what, two hip surgeries. And she's been through a lot. Um, terrible, yeah, upbringing. Just, it's been hard. But yeah. she's just got the joy of yeah. the Lord. I, th- I think that the Holy Spirit's leading you ladies to Philippians at this particular point is really um, ordained of God. I mean, it's really a, a, a good book to be in mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So as I was being cheer-led on by my friend, um, I was looking at the, going back on some of the other studies in uh, September. Oh, 9-3, you did Revelation four one Again, like I was saying, Jesus is coming soon. Don't be left behind. You must be born again. That's a cheerleader's cry right there. Don't be left behind. You know, you must be born again. You know, give me a J, give me an E, give me a S U S. He's coming. So get on board. Don't be left behind. Um, and to understand this, that all believers. So this is for those of you who are saved. But for those of you who aren't saved, here's, here's the cheer. All believer sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. So if you're not saved, get on the right team is what I'm trying to tell you. Then on 9-5, if you want to ever jump in on these things, Pastor Ron, you know, it's my show, but, you know what I'm saying? 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 12, here's your title. It's not about you. Motive is others. And then you went on to say love is not self-seeking, but to benefit others. It's not to draw attention to ourselves, but to bless others. And so we were talking about the spiritual gifts, and you were saying, you know, we are to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, and that's to burn with zeal. Well, I'm burning with zeal today for my gift of encouragement, because Natasha encouraged me, the cheerleader, to pick up my pom-poms and start <laughs> rooting for people. She, um, you reminded us in that... Uh, study that we're not good at loving others until we realize just how loved by God we are. And um, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have said we're not good at it. I should have said uncategorically that we're not capable of loving others mm-hmm. until we we understand how how loved we are by God. Yeah, and and that Paul is missing. You know, we talk we've talked on previous programs recently about about the lack of gratitude and, and we had to be the most grateful people in the world. And, and yet, because we don't know, so many Christians tragically don't know uh, how high and wide and long and deep the love of God is for them, just for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. We're the treasure hidden in a field. Um, um, he would have died just for every one of us. Yeah. If nobody else said yes, and, and he would have considered that a good deal. Mm-hmm. And we just don't realize it. I was... I'm thinking again this morning about the Song of Solomon, and um, I, I've sort of fallen away a little bit of, 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 of recommending that Christians read that as often as I used to. Mm-hmm. But one of the things when people come in and uh, your, your statement to people is, you just don't know your value, mm-hmm. honey. God, mm-hmm. God loves you so much, you don't know your value to him. And, um, you know, we, we all of us, we need to sort of park in that little song um, and, and read the parts titled Lover. That's the, the head title. 
because that's Jesus speaking to you. Mm-hmm. And then we've got to have enough faith to believe that he really thinks we're all that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said, this is many, many years ago, you said for us all, just go home, either sit on the edge of your bed, lay on the bed, face up, looking up to the sky and say, Jesus, show me how much you love me. Yeah. Do you remember saying that? I do. Okay. Several times. Yeah. Yeah. Show me how much you love me. We have me. to experience it. Yeah. It's not just a, it can't be something that we intellectually assent to. We've, we've got to experience it for ourselves. And in part, Paula, that's being baptized in the Holy Spirit or refilled in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But it starts with understanding that we are the object of God's love. All oh, beautiful you are, my darling. There's no flaw. And we'll read that in the Song of Songs, Jesus speaking to us, and we'll actually argue with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I've, I'm, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've got this problem, I've got this problem. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll look at you, and, and I always picture him, you know, with, with his hands around our faces saying, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Look into my eyes Mm -hmm. and hear my voice. Mm -hmm. And we've got to have the faith to believe that. And if we don't believe that, then we're not going to be grateful. We're not going to be a light. And we're going to be those glum um, older citizens. Uh, And and the sad thing is, got a whole lot of glum younger citizens who are falling into those bad habits. So be still and know that he is God. And that he loves you so, so very much, irregardless of what you've done and where you've been. So you can go back again. I'm holding up my pom-poms. Jesus is coming soon. Don't be left behind. You must be born again. So get born again. And then remember, all believers' sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. So the enemy doesn't have the whip of guilt to beat you with. And um, you don't need to beat yourself with guilt either if you did something in fact i was was in our prayer time yesterday day for yesterday i was so thankful you know i had said something wrong and so i got to apologize i got to ask for forgiveness and then receive forgiveness that's a cool thing and then move on because i i i'm good at just like oh i gotta be upset with myself for three or four days at least (laughs) you know (laughs) <laughs> and that's just not... Yeah, you were pretty much a professional of that for oh, a long time. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's just not right. So, move on. And then Daniel uh, 5 was the finger of God. And so as you lay there and you find out just how much God loves you, that's a great thing. But also remember that he's a just God. And so if you're rebelling against God, knowing there's something in your life that's displeasing the Lord consequences are also going to going to come. He doesn't want that to happen. And so um, here's my admonition, my cheerleading. Get right with God now. <laughs> Hurry up. Because um, the longer we stay in our rebellion, the harder the consequences come. But he's a loving father and he wants what's best for us. Again, on this one, I thought this was one of the sweetest things that you've ever done. Uh, <laughs> Revelation 4, 1, again, what? Why are you laughing? Does that sound bad? One of the sweetest things I've ever done. Like, how many are there? Like, two, two, two sweet things? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it's a big list. But um, the Revelation 4.1, Jesus, are we there yet? And again, he's coming soon. And you spoke, you know, you taught on the rapture. And then you gave time for a question and answers. That was huge. Yeah, we could have taken questions for another hour. I know. A lot, there were a lot of questions. Yeah, it was like... This radio station only up close and personal where people could ask the questions right there in front of you. They could even touch. No. <laughs> and you were answering their questions. So that was really, really sweet. I, and you can hear, you know, a lot of the, <sighs> when you get the answer. I love that when that happens. So anyway, one more time. One more before the, probably the break. On 912, 1 Corinthians 14, 13 to 33a where it's time for judgment. That was the title. And you told us to grow up and keep the main thing, the main thing, which is order in the church. You reminded us of the purpose of the gifts. You know, that was talking about tongues and prophecy. And um, the, the purpose of the gift was that people would know that God is really among 
us and that it was to build a beautiful house to worship orderly. And when I was reading this, you know, going over my notes, God is really among you just thinking about your afterglow again at the men's retreat where the young the young guys and maybe even some that are not so young got to experience how the the gifts really work in an orderly fashion. And yeah. uh, God is real to me now. I, I think I think sometimes, Paul, we, we, we approach spiritual gifts like, well, this is for me, and nothing is ever for us. You know, God wants us to bless others. Mm-hmm. And when we do, because God is who he is, he blesses us. Mm-hmm. But but if our motive is to get blessed, we've sort of blown it going in. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lord, how can I be a blessing to somebody else? Yeah. Who here needs to hear a word? Who here needs to be prayed for? Or who here is hurting? Point them out. And when we do that, it's amazing how God just pours more of himself out on you. And I'm convinced in Philippians, that's what Paul was doing. He was, he was experiencing the continual... God pouring out of himself on him. And of course, that's the only source of joy. Hey, we haven't had anybody call 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We've got 30 minutes left. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the date day show 340-9585 for your live calls and questions paula before we get back to your stuff uh we have a question that was called in anonymously during the break uh he or she says, my question is, if someone is a Catholic, will their spirit be saved when they pass away? I've heard conflicting information about whether or not Catholics can, in fact, be saved. I put a great deal of stock in what you, Pastor Anna Paula, have to say on the subject. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take what the Bible says. To be saved, you have to be born again. It's that simple. And there are born-again Catholics. Now, I've said this repeatedly on the show, and I always get hate mail when I say this, so please save yourself the time. Um, It's hard to be a born-again Catholic. They don't teach that you need to be born again. They teach that that infant baptism um, deals with original sin, that it's the, the, uh, the, the conduit to being born again, and that's what Jesus meant, which is absolute nonsense. So... Um, um, it's hard for a Catholic to be saved and overwhelmingly most are not because their faith is not in Jesus Christ. Their faith is in the church. Their faith is in works. Their faith is in uh, religious sacraments. Um, and Jesus says, no, 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 I won't share myself that way. So, whether, and, and by the way, he said these things to the most Jewish, the most religious Jew of his day, Nicodemus. John chapter 3, you must be born again. He repeated it twice. You must be born again. So um, it is possible. I actually know uh, some Catholics who are really and truly born again. I am confused about why they stay in the Catholic Church. The the doctrines of the Catholic Church are horrific. Um, uh, And yet that's not for me to know. And and they certainly don't owe me an explanation. Um, But I know people who have gone to be with Jesus, who were lifelong Catholics, and they loved him with all of their heart. You see, in heaven, Anonymous, that's the only thing that matters. So they can be saved, but they have to be born again, and that decision has to be made um, while they're here alive on this earth. So um, I don't know if you're talking about somebody in your, your family, somebody that you're carrying in your heart, but they can be saved, and, and clearly some are. Jesus always has a remnant. He has a remnant everywhere. And so he has a voice. So I hope that matters. you want to add anything, Paul? Well, I will. We had a lady come here once, and she was a, a bridesmaid in one of our, our girls' weddings. And she came in, and, you know, she loved the, the church, and... 
loved how Pastor Ron did the wedding and stuff. Well, she showed up uh, again at our church, and she saw Ron in the hallway. She goes, this is not my church. <laughs> I said, her name was Gladys. Uh-huh. She's actually the wife of an elder in, in another Calvary Chapel. Now. But, but I, I just love the lady. And I said, Gladys, it's so good to see you. This is not my church. Yeah, yeah. She was cradle Catholic. And yeah. So much investment there. Mm-hmm. And she was more afraid of her mom, not her dad, but more of her, afraid of her mom. You know, uh, she's going to just think I'm the worst and I, I, I've, I've denied the faith and all this stuff. Well, anyway, she eventually got saved, Gladys did. And the joy <laughs> that is in her life, even, I mean, we just saw her not too long ago because you spoke over there. Um, the joy in her life just affected and infected her family that she was able to lead her mom and her dad <laughs> to Christ. And so, um, who were, I mean, staunch Catholics. And uh, I Her mom refused to come to her baptism yeah. because she said, no, if you're doing that, you're, you're negating the baptism in the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so she went ahead and got baptized, but... Mom and dad, who dad died not too long after that. Mom and dad and everybody got saved, yeah. one after another, after another. Just, just because of the, the joy in her life. Yeah. And so for you who's asking this question, I, I, I pray you're saved. Um, and then maybe the Lord will use you to infect and affect your family. Yeah. Let me, get, let me repeat just for emphasis. You must be born again. Yep. That's the only way anybody gets to heaven. Yeah. And um, as I said, Jesus was speaking to the most religious men in Israel when he said that. And I think we have an idea in our culture, especially when we live in a Catholic culture, um, that being a good person, being a religious person is a good thing. Nothing could be farther from the truth. In my flesh is no good thing. Yeah. And the only thing that happens that's good is is the result of Jesus coming into my heart. Thanks for the question and thanks for your confidence. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it very, very much. And so, as you said, get back to my stuff. My very first thing was, I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> Jesus coming soon. Don't be left behind. You must be born again. <laughs> so cool. Then the next one on 915 was Daniel 6, where this is your title. Let's get in shape. There's work to do. And we have to be prepared, um, even with that question. There's always friction when you're zealous to serve God when others don't or won't. Um, Daniel was the same above reproach all the time, genuine, authentic, and steady in private and in public. You know, Daniel was focused on his God. And for us as Christians, um, getting in shape means we need to be ready for persecution. Um, it's the norm for Christians, and understand this, that when Christians act like real believers, even for this question here, people get saved. You know, Paula, and just to clarify things in the audience, I don't title my messages. These are Paula's titles. She she listens, <laughs> she takes these notes, and she says, here's your title, uh-huh. although I don't title my message. Mm-hmm. My message in Daniel chapter 6 was titled, Daniel 6. <laughs> no fluff here, just Daniel chapter 6. But, but, but Paul, this is, this is an important consideration for all of us. Um, Daniel was in his mid-80s in chapter 6 when he was thrown into the lion's den. We all know the famous story. Mm-hmm. Daniel was in his mid-80s. And people say, well, well, why couldn't he have taken it easy? Why did God put him in those positions where he had to face danger, face losing his life? Um, Daniel made a decision when he was 12 to 14 years old that his life was for Christ. He resolved. He resolved. And he, I'm going to confuse people, re-resolved mm-hmm. every day of his life. And so walking with Jesus, we would say it that way in a New Testament construct. He would say, walking, worshiping God was a part of who he was every single day. And he renewed that commitment every day. And he was steady and consistent every day. And imagine from the time he was 12 to 14 years old until the time he was in his mid-80s, that's 70 years of faithfully serving Jesus. And now 
um, a law is written, constructed to catch him in a trap. He falls into the trap knowingly, mm-hmm. and um, um, he's thrown into a lion's den. And, and a lot of us say, well, well, if you stand for Jesus, that kind of bad stuff shouldn't happen. And the reality is, if you stand for Jesus, that bad stuff is going to happen. Now, we're not going to get thrown in lion's dens in 2021 in the United States of America. But we're not going to be able to finish well unless we resolve to finish well every day. I want to be closer to Jesus tomorrow than I was today. I want to be closer to him the next day than I was what from our perspective now is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but you've got to make that decision now, especially in the world that we live in. Think about all the things that we're dealing with, uh, vaccine mandates, um, um, pandemics, um, loss of, of, of freedoms that have been guaranteed in our Constitution forever. And we say, well, well, this stuff shouldn't be happening. No, this stuff is supposed to be happening. This is the world that we placed in. Now, unless we resolve right now and today that no matter what happens and what they say, we're going to hold true to our faith in Jesus Christ and we're not going to compromise. We're not going to go along to get along. We have uh, 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 one of the men in our church who uh, uh, called me, missed the pastor's class because he had to go to, he's a, a university professor, but he's a, a department head, a, chair, a, a dean or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he says, I've tried to get out of it, but I've got to go to uh, sensitivity training. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, they're really trying to reprogram him. Not, not just him, but everybody, they're not picking on him. Mm-hmm. But as a Christian, he's a single voice in a room full of people with no voice. And he had to make a decision before that ever went. This is who I am. This is with whom I stand. And what I'm going to do is is um, tell him about Jesus. And, you know, when you do that, you're not popular and mm-hmm. people look at you mm-hmm. suspiciously. Mm-hmm. But it's that stand in a world that is as dark as the one that we live in that God just smiles and puffs out his chest and thinks, that's my man there, that's my woman there, and and she really loves me, or he really isn't ashamed of me, kind of thing. And we, we've got to do that, but the only way, like Daniel, and he ended up with lions for pets overnight, mm-hmm. the only way we can do it is to decide to. Just stand for him, no matter what. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to make, Paula. Okay. Okay. So my next September study was a devotion in our women's leadership group, and Darlene did this one. Um, she talked from Psalm ninety one. And she says, at times it's so overwhelming when we take so many things on our chest. And then she spoke about Elizabeth Elliot and um, people like Johnny Erickson Tata. You know, we were talking this morning at breakfast uh, that the stuff we're going through here in our world, that's not, I mean, really even persecution, to tell you the truth. Even with our professor having to stand up in his class. Um, that's not really persecution yet. Persecution is being pushed. Yeah, that, that, just for quick correction, that wasn't in his class. That was a meeting of administrators and True, that's people right. like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we must think with our wills and not our feelings. And, man, is that ever true? Because right now, too many of us are living by how we feel or what we think instead of... Um, being rooted and grounded in God's word, like you just finished saying, no, we should be expect. This is what it's supposed to be like at the yeah. end. And, and you know, that, just a quick insert, because in, in talking about the church being a church under control, not out of order, um, that's what Paul is saying. We have to grow up. We can't be those people like the Corinthian Christians were, led by our feelings or led by our experiences. Mm-hmm. We've got to to follow the script given to us by the Holy Spirit who wrote the Word of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And this is the way things are supposed to be done. Yeah. And when we do them that way, then we're, we're making a stand because we want people to know, as you said earlier, that God really is among us. Yeah. 
And and that's whether it's a church thing or a, a business thing or an individual family thing. Um, the goal is to let everybody around know that God is really among us. Yeah, yeah. And then we had Gino Garacy come, your men's retreat speaker, and he taught here that Sunday, and he asked this question for everybody out there, probably even including some professing and real Christians. What if Christianity is a lie? Doesn't the enemy bring that particular lie to us? How do you know it's real? How do you know Jesus really came here, lived, died, rose again, and he lives ever in a seat sitting at the right hand of the Father? What if that's all a lie? And then he went on to asked another question. So what happened to the body of Jesus then? And then he went on to explain very detailed. So if you want to know, go to that Matthew 28, 11 through 15 or 9, 19, and he will answer those questions. Then Lauren, like I said, she was... Let me stop and slow you down just a little bit because when Gino... Gino Geraci from uh, South Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a, a, a talk show like I do on a Salem a sister station, Salem station in Denver. Um, and um, um, when he asked, well, what if Christianity isn't true? He says, now, before you think I'm up here and I'm going to be some heretic, we know it's true, but the world rejects that. So we've got to have the equipment at our disposal to say, okay, well, let's talk about this. If you say Christianity is not true, okay, can you explain what happened to the body? Mm-hmm. And and we've got to be able to answer those questions. Those are simple but basic apologetics that we need to be able to share mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. And Gino did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. And so then we went on with Lauren, um, and she's talking in Philippians as well, and talking about, the agape love of God is self-sacrificing love, um, and that this kind of love wipes out the memory bank. And you've been talking about us growing up and becoming mature. And then, of course, Daniel saying, you know, uh, let's get busy, get in shape. It's, it, we got work to do. Um, but she was saying, you know, real Christians, the enemy lies to our minds. And... Um, we are to demolish strongholds by replacing them with God's thoughts. And the only way we can do that is to be in his word. And being a worshiper, I can't tell you how many times I'll wake up with the song because I have the gift of encouragement, but God is encouragement. And you have a beautiful singing voice because sometimes I hear you waking up with those songs. Oh. <laughs> you know, let me let's talk about agape for a moment, because I said earlier that there's nothing that's about us. Well, God's agape is only about us, and yet He gives it to us so that we can wash over others mm-hmm. with that love. Yeah. And the way to find the agape of God, that that sacrificial love, um, is to abandon ourselves to it. And understand that he wants us to be vessels through whom that love flows to others. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul said something. Uh, I, we talked about it last, and I think it was last study in in First uh, Corinthians fourteen, this past Sunday. And Paul basically said, "Look, if you disagree with me on this stuff, you're wrong. <laughs> Grow up, yeah. acknowledge what I'm saying is right, mm-hmm. and then we can understand." I would love everybody, Paul, in this audience. Um, especially I would love everybody at uh, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio to to completely abandon any need they have for love from any other source. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he's given us. And if if we will be content in that, that wellspring of love never dries up. I mean, it's like you're you're out in the rain and you're getting soaking wet and you think it just can't get any wetter than this and then more comes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what God's wellspring of love in our hearts is. And it's already there and all we have to do is have the faith to pour it on others. So when we've got Christians who are, who are well, nobody loves me or they're not treating me the way I want, we're missing the whole point. Yeah. All we have to do is go back and get wet with that love all mm-hmm. over again mm-hmm. and then his love can flow through us again, and suddenly we're not so concerned about what other people 
are seeing or doing. Yeah, yeah. If we will put ourselves out there, you know, that's the thing. 100%. Yeah. If I just decide I'm going to love you no matter what, I'm, I'm good, you know. Anyway, Lauren goes on to say, we can pray for discernment. And discernment is the ability to choose rightly. And what you're talking about is that we would see God's people as he does. We would see people as God sees them, not as with our own judgments, but as God sees them. Yeah, Lauren, bless her heart, she's like that. She, mm-hmm. she, She's just a lover that God can use yeah. and is using wonderfully here. Yeah. She is amazing, uh, you know. She, if she, she can love Matt, she can love anybody. <laughs> oh, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know that Christians are to be different. We we're not. We shouldn't be coming to church or any other place like you're saying, looking for benefits to ourselves. We we have Jesus. Yeah, and Paul, new believers and immature believers do. We get that. The rest of us are supposed to be the conduits through whom God ministers to them. Mm-hmm. And the point of that is that they too will grow and mature. Yeah. So instead of having a bunch of people looking to be loved, we get a whole bunch of people loving. And that's really the function of the Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if we get that, mm-hmm. that's what maturity is. By now, you ought to be teachers, Paul says to the Hebrews. Yeah. But you're still little infants yeah. and you still need milk instead of solid food. Yeah. Well, we who are mature, it's our job to, to, to give out that solid food so that it's like a mother bird, you know, uh, feeding her babies. They, they take it dra- directly from her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a time when they go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go get my own. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, what happens when we mature yeah. and help others mature in their faith as well. It's not about us. Yeah. Yeah. I Jesus, had a lady. Jesus says, no, it's only about you. I know, Lord, but mm-hmm. and, and you get it. Yeah, yeah. We had a lady. You'll remember this lady. She was so upset. You know, she came to the church for a while. And, oh, the love, the love, the love, you know. And then she was gone a little while. And I guess maybe I didn't call her enough or somebody else didn't call her enough. You guys didn't even miss me. But when you leave, we figure you don't want to be with us. And so, you know, anyway, well, she came back. She goes, where's the love kind of thing? I said, the love, we we lavish love on you. And now it's your turn to turn around and lavish love on other people. This is your church. You know, it's like I have, I have my kids and I breastfed them. And then I trained them up how to walk. We put them on the bike with the training wheels. And then you take the training wheels off. And then you say, to school, you're going to have to go to school. And I'm not going to be able to go to school with you. You know, there's going to be somebody else there and you have to pay attention, learn and grow. um, And then you're going to walk home from school. You know, they don't even do that now. You you can't even walk two blocks. People are, yeah. Why don't children walk to school anymore? Ron, I don't know. When I go home at 1230 sometimes, there's people lined up. In our new neighborhood. In our new neighborhood. And the kids don't get out of school till 240. And all those kids live in our neighborhood. I mean, yeah. They could walk home yeah. in minutes. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. That's another whole thing. But um, you got to grow up. I said, it's time for you to be, because I'm trying to, you know, um, make more of me. Like even last night at church, there was a new person and I was trying to get to him. But then I have so many of the kind of needy people who just... Want it, and I'm like, you know what I got to do? There's a new person. I got to go. So anyway, but yeah, it's time for others to turn around and welcome to Calvary Chapel San Antonio. How long, you know, welcome. And then they ask you, how long you been going here? Uh, For me, the whole time. But for others, you know, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe 20 something years. You're going to love it here. So come on in. We had a a new couple here last night. and I, I think they probably got here a half hour before church started. And uh, I don't think that gave enough time to talk to all the people that came up to talk to them. That's yeah. the way it's supposed to be. That's exactly right. And they were just so happy to be here. Well, Paula, we're inside two minutes now for our show today. Okay. You've done good. 
Well, I got one more thing. Okay, let's go. Okay. Daniel 7, 1 through 18. Here's the title. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're not done with all my... I probably have to come back to this subject maybe next week if I remember. You know, I'm old and, you know, genius at one day at a time. But God knows stuff. Our past, our present, and our future. And we can be... Um, Take a deep breath and, you know, I have that new shirt that says, fully known and loved anyway. Yeah, and loved anyway. And loved anyway. Jesus loves me. We kind of go all the way back. We're not all that good at loving others until we realize just how much we're loved by him. And if you were the only one, he would have come. And I'm talking to you, Pastor Ron, but I'm also talking to everybody else who's listening and even to myself, if I was the only one, and Jesus would have come and died just for me because all beautiful I am, and he calls me his darling, you too. Um, he thought it worth it. He gave me his righteousness and took all my filth. And he thinks that's a really good deal. And one day, he's going to say, Father, this is Ron. He's just going to introduce you as with a new name. He's not going to give you a big title like Pastor Ron or anything like that. He's just going to say, this is, this is the one I was talking about. Isn't he beautiful? Aren't you glad? And of course, the Father already knows he sent Jesus just to get you, you know. Um, okay, we, before we sign, i got to say something. Go ahead. When I saw you first, more than 51 years ago, you took my breath away. If I'd known then how pretty you are now... Mm. I wouldn't have believed it. Mm, you're too nice. Bless your heart. Mm. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.